Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Ether is the perfect drug for Las Vegas. In this town, they love a drunk. Fresh meat. Come on, buddy. So they put us through the turnstiles and turned us loose inside. Welcome to a special episode of Dose of Ether, where Bijan goes to the Crypto Invest Summit and has some one-on-one conversations with new, interesting entrepreneurs in this space. First up is AltMarket, where they're bringing crypto into the merchandising marketplace and the release of the ODB coin. Yes, ODB of the Wu-Tang infamy. Next up is the Bitcoin energy drink, and it's exactly as it sounds. Now, next up after that is Monarch. It's a wallet and it has a very interesting business model based around regulatory compliance as a form of security. And finally, we bring you Abra. Abra is a um, mobile application that is probably the first uh, place where I saw you could buy Bitcoin through a credit card payment. Very interesting um, product offerings, highly focused around usability and onboarding new customers. Stay tuned. I've got Bryce, CEO of Alt Market, here with Young Dirty. We got a new coin, hip hop coin, being launched today. We're going to find out a little bit about that. But first, Alt Market. So, what do you guys do, and how did you get linked up with Young Dirty to be launching the first hip hop token? Uh, and in cryptocurrency? Uh, I'm a cryptocurrency developer. Uh, I've launched hundreds of networks. I, I like to say I've launched more public cryptocurrencies than anyone else on the planet would probably admit to. And from those experiences, uh, we, we know how to monetize, how to launch, and how to maintain cryptocurrencies. But what we had a lack of were new ideas for them. And the one thing that's inexhaustible is art and artists. And for every artist that exists, a coin can exist for them, which represents their intellectual property, their brand. And and what AltMarket did was build the infrastructure to support this broader vision of bringing creatives into... The, the blockchain world and is that is that accurate or no, are you broader than just creative types? Well, no. In fact, we're we're focused mostly on creatives, and our what we have built is a platform for the monetization of these tokens. It's a straight up cryptocurrency exchange, U.S. based, fully regulated, and we've created this platform in order to provide a home for these entertainment based tokens. And there's a, you know there there are more folks that can come up and and monetize their own intellectual property. However, the Wild West nature of the cryptocurrency space is not conducive to protecting intellectual property. And so really what we do is we provide that safe place within the crypto Wild West where you can come and bring big value intellectual property and apply it to cryptocurrency. All right, well, let's let's get into that in a second. Young Dirty, how did how did you get involved with this, and where did, where do you see the future well, of hip hop? Honestly, blockchain? cryptocurrency was all over the internet. <laughs> and so you saw the hype machine on Twitter. I, I seen the hype machine, and I met a few people, and the universe has been blessing us. How everything sets itself up. Yeah. So right now we got the ODB legacy continuing. With cryptocurrency, so I think it's a it's a it's a good water tasting thing. Yeah, and and I think 
being at the forefront of music yes. and then being at the forefront of technology, how much better of a mix could you be? It, so they used to be that you want a Grammy and a Tony and, a, and an Academy Award. Now, if you have your own cryptocurrency and you're at the top of the iTunes charts, maybe that's even better, right? Well, I think it's better for the fans, you know, because the fans could prove who's the best fan. So let's get into it. How, how Bryce, does it work if you want to... This, we're talking about intellectual property. We're really talking about MP3s and protecting that intellectual property from being copied. Oh, no. Or what are you when you say intellectual property of an artist or creator? What are you referring to? It's more what we you know a, a lot of the things that's misunderstood about the music industry are the ways that artists make music. And if you look just at streaming and downloads and, and, and records. That's not really the majority of the money. The majority of the money is in merchandising and tours. Mm -hmm. And when, when you talk about what it is that we're doing, this is a branded collectible just like a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Except it's like a dollar bill, but instead of George Washington on it, it's got ODB. Mm -hmm. And you can still spend it just like you would spend a normal dollar bill. So it's, it's taking crypto, the, the things that make cryptocurrency unique and combining them with the collectible aspect of celebrity merchandise. And so let's get specific about what a collectible looks like from a consumer standpoint. So if, is it a digital token that I'm collecting or is it a physical ODB coin? No, this is actually a digital token and the sale itself is what determines the long-term rarity and scarcity of the collectible. So. For instance, if you're launching, we call these initial artist offerings or IAOs. Oh, interesting. In order to differentiate them from ICOs, because the sale process is different and the regulatory compliance, therefore, is also different. So from that point, the sale is literally what constructs the paradigm afterwards as far as how these coins operate. So it establishes that yeah. Austrian economic balance sure. that we're all So after. that would work if there's a an implied utility to the the Absolutely purchase of that. So what do you buy? Absol hold on. Well, what do you, well, well, let's just ask, let me ask the question. What do you sure. buy with the ODB coin? You can get exclusive ODB merchandise. And you can we call it proof of fame. You don't have to spend the coins to gain value from them. We know when you bought them. We know who you are. We know how much you bought them. We know when, you know, did you buy them later? Did you buy more later? Did you sell them? And we have all of this data because it's on a blockchain. And we can then engage fans directly based on the activity that we know that, that has transpired within the fan base itself. Gotcha. So you're, you're finding a way to create a community that is not amorphous and all around the world and, and like maybe linked to the music. Now you're linking them up with a with a physical or a non-physical digital object that they that you can now coordinate around. So you can identify who the top five percent of fans are and you can design a program for them based on let's say how many how much how much how deep in the you know in the young dirty you know, fan base they are, right? That's how, right. How, how far they go. I mean and they're gonna get reputation with that community, right? So the more that you own the higher your credibility within that space of you know young dirty fans you're going to be. If I have a hundred young dirty coins, I'm going to look a little bit, little bit, you know, like I'm, I'm flossing a little bit more than, yeah, than the guy who does it, right? Um, and exclusive membership to um, products. So tell me about the are there 
specific product lines that are being developed that you can only get with these coins? Absolutely. And, and experiences as well? Absolutely. And, and, and that would drive up the demand for the token, right? Yes. If you can only get access to Young Dirty through these Defi different mechanisms. Definitely going to be exclusive material released. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's not about the appreciation and value. And I know that's something that cryptocurrency is very focused on, but that's not what fans are focused on. And fans want the experience. And if that experience can be provided for $10, then that's worth every single penny. And if that fan comes back and engages more with that artist, then that's money well spent. This, the speculative aspect is really secondary or even tertiary to the, to the level of direct engagement that that fan now has with their favorite celebrity. That, yeah. That's truly just, I mean, you, and you can't put a price on that. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because this is such, we're so early in this and like the non-fungible tokens, the getting artists involved, which I think is, I think is really great. Like these ideas of loyalty programs, of fan-based community organization and coordinating these big groups of people that all have the same interests but have no real way to interact um, tra with transa transactionally outside of like discussion forums, they're chatting away, yeah. but outside, like what, what are they doing? To, well, bring, I, to come together. Now, music is the one industry where that has actually come up naturally over the years. And I like to use the example of the Grateful Dead, where if you've ever been on tour with the Grateful Dead, there's an entire barter system of fan economy that has been created over the last 40 years. Now, if you look at also how Bitcoin started, if you slip a cryptocurrency into that sort of environment, it instantaneously gains monetary value without ever being traded for a dollar. Right. And when you look at what all fan economies then share with, for instance, the Grateful Dead family, then it becomes very obvious what it is that we're doing. It's very interesting because it's, it's, it's creating a mechanism where the users can contribute in a way that they never could before and increase the value of the whole system, right? So like when I see a guy with a, an old G35 on the street, I wave to him because I know he's got the same car as I did. You know, we, we have this kinship. They went through the experience. Yeah. They went through yeah. the experience. So we have that in common. If we had a common transactional language and a currency that we could now say, hey, we're supporting this group. You buy from me, I buy from you, we're all using Young Dirty or ODB coins. OD oh, now you're God. building a community that's helping each other and growing organically without the, you know, the central banks and all this other stuff. And built around the ideals of that celebrity. Right. So for as many different celebrities as there are, there is as many different cottage communities as there might be. And you don't have to belong to just one. Right. You, know, you could belong to all of them. And each has its own specific niche that it offers. Yeah, that's so. It's very interesting. I'm excited to see what's coming up next for you guys. So tell me what's going on now, and what our listeners should know about Alt Market and the, the project you guys are are doing right now. Well, the the presale just started. Uh, you can register on our website alt.market for a uh, five percent discount when the sale begins on December first. And we're kind of keeping a little bit of our later uh, implementation of this under wraps so we can keep it somewhat of a surprise. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it should be, uh, this will be very engaging in 2019 and I mean that quite literally. <laughs> We're really excited to see what you guys come up with. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, excited to have you back next time when the sale is over and we're able to trade ODB coins. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank I have 
we're gonna tell where to find us and everything. Oh, yes, please. Now, the ODB coin is coming to a, a home near you guys. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be in your pockets, in your wallets. And I wanna talk about the ODB tribute real fast on yeah. November 15th. We're having an ODB show for my father. Wu-Tang is gonna be there. And a, a few more guests. I'm also performing, Young Dirty Bastard. Where is, where is that? This is in New York City. Okay, cool. Yep, Brooklyn. So everybody out in New York City in the area, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Uh, the name is called Roulettes. It's right there in Brooklyn. You know, the heart of Brooklyn. And that was November fifteenth. Right? November fifteenth. Correct. All right, we're yes. excited to come out. I, I'll, I'll definitely tr check the prices on uh, <laughs> for flights out to New York City to come to come check you out, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Check it out, Eventbrite actually. Yeah, Eventbrite.com. They're gonna have Young Dirty on there. Alt.market, check it out now. The first, very first hip hop cryptocurrency to be launched very soon. Excited to see what happens with that. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. So I'm here with Shiel, and he's got a really interesting product. It's not an ICO, it's not a security token, yeah. it isn't even a software. What are, what are you selling, Shiel? <laughs> We're gonna bring the first commodity and tangible product to crypto and we're calling it bitcoin energy bitcoin energy yep. drink bitcoin wow. energy drink and how do you even how can you put bitcoin on on a product right and not get sued out of the universe well first of all you know when you think of bitcoin who created bitcoin satoshi nakamoto everyone so, knows that exactly and but nobody knows who satoshi is oh i see I right see. the creator's anonymous so satoshi could sue you you know what? It's open source code on the internet. <laughs> so he doesn't even own Bitcoin, the name. Right. It's public domain. Right. Wow. So yeah. you've got Bitcoin energy drink. What What does it taste like? Yeah. Kind of like you see your podcast is named after Bitcoin. Yeah. 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 Right. I guess that's so a good Satoshi point. can't come after you. <laughs> I guess that's right? a good point. So So tell us about how why you think the Bitcoin blockchain community needs an energy drink. Absolutely. And you know, I've been to now several conferences and you meet the most brightest minds that are reshaping the infrastructure of our lives and society. Well, thank you. I'm not going to complain if you're calling us the brightest minds. It's the truth. I hope our it? audience won't feel upset being called <laughs> that either. Okay. Uh, at the same time, simultaneously, our, our financial systems are, are changing and we are witnessing one of the biggest revolutions of our time. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a bunch of these developers and coders and traders and gamers, all these people are chugging down junk that is bad for their health. And they got a story that is so powerful that it isn't being told to the average person. You know, you mentioned Bitcoin to somebody and you're going to expect to have a three-day right. conversation. I can imagine them, right? if I was carrying Bitcoin energy around, yeah. I would have a lot of great conversations. Absolutely. I know whenever I wear a graphic tee in crypto, it's like, yeah. oh man, you're in Tezos, Tezos, yeah, let's yes. do it. Right? Yes. So it's that vibe. I it, like that. It's, it's about the community. It is about the community. And, and we wanted to be able to help fuel mass adoption. I, I always start my conversations with people with common ground. The common ground is always the number one goal, which is mass adoption. Right, every we all want to succeed. The only way to get there is if we tell the story to new people, people that are now entering the space that want to adopt Bitcoin as a currency. Or and that's the thing is, if you see it in real life, if you see this Bitcoin energy drink, you're gonna you're gonna start to think, wow, this is a real industry. People are moving. Right. I gotta learn more about this. Exactly. Right? Because you don't walk around the street and see blockchain. Right. And if there was an energy drink at my local store, you better believe I'm gonna pick it up over Red Bull Energy. And by the way, guys, I'm not 
I'm not an investor. They're not paying me for this. I just, I think it's cool. Thank we you. don't talk to people who are building physical things that right. you can drink right. every day if exactly. you want. Probably shouldn't though. So <laughs> what makes it healthy though? You said healthy. Yeah. So we've got That's all a big our... concern for, for, for me. Totally. You know, living in Santa Monica. You gotta, you gotta, if you're not eating kale, then, then you're nobody. So right. <laughs> is there kale in this energy drink? <laughs> no, but I'm half plant myself. So I feel you. I, um, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, when you look at all the other alternatives out there and all our competitors put junk and crazy stuff in their drinks, sugar, sugar right? and yeah. high fructose corn syrup. I mean, I can go on for days of bad ingredients, but we've got full spectrum vitamins in our drink. We've got plant sourced ionic minerals. We use organic aloe, organic green tea for the caffeine. We we work really hard. We also have a, a, a super fruit out of Asia called mangosteen, which is uh, oh, I, I thought those are illegal fruit. to import. No, no. <laughs> that's cool. No, our that's, our process is amazing. Tasty. Yeah. Wow, and um, that's that sounds amazing. But yeah. you know the Bitcoin people, they don't eat plants. They eat red meat only. They're, they're really? the car, the carnivores. You haven't really? heard you no. haven't heard the the sub, sub segment of the Bitcoin community. They only eat meat. It's pretty amazing. Didn't know that. So, but if there's plant material in there, I'm sure they won't drink it. Really? But for the rest of us, I haven't heard that. <laughs> you got to check out that. check out the carnivores. Bitcoiners are carnivores. Yeah, check it out, man. No like Saif Adin really? Amus, he wrote the book, The Bitcoin Standard. This guy only eats ribeyes. Really? Go on his Twitter. He'll whatever city he's in. He's like, who wants a ribeye? Let's go eat. <laughs> it's crazy. That's but, interesting. But we're talking about energy drinks. This yeah. sounds like a great product. Is it on the market now? Yeah, you can already get it on Amazon. You can get it on BitcoinEnergy.com. Uh, and we are coming to stores near you. We've got a lot of big box retailers that we're talking to that are excited about us. Uh, and our international strategy is, is going to be something everyone's going to get really excited about. That's you awesome. know what also I want to mention too, real quick, is our affiliate program. Hmm. We created something that you know, incentivizes a second layer of sharing. So you're going to get 10% rev share just for passing out your link saying, hey, check out my favorite energy drink. And you might end up also knowing a big influencer. There's tons of them in the crypto space and more and more every day are coming out. And I can sign up as an affiliate on your website Absolutely. Now. So what's the fee, what's the amount, 10%? You get 10% that's from your filing. That's, that's more than you normally get on affiliate. Exactly. And um, tell me about this cool program that you have at the bottom of the can. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool concept. And just to touch up on the affiliate, we. Customers can pay in Bitcoin, and as affiliate, you can also earn in Bitcoin. And I really wanted that to be a, a, a big part of what we do. Because you want people to adopt cryptocurrency, right? right? Not right. just leave it the first chance they get. Exactly. And so the, the cool thing for customers, this concept uh, I get excited about because our, our odds are very interesting. Every 10,000 cases, we're going to pull out a unique code from the bottom of the cans where the customers can actually take those codes and submit them on our site and uh, be eligible to win one full BTC. Wow. Which, you know, I kind of did the math. If you were to think, if you're just an average miner, got yourself a rig, what are the odds with the network difficulty right now? How many, unless you're going to go compete with Bitmain and have 2,000 petahashes, you're better off just sharing your favorite energy drink and you know <laughs> that's that sounds like a pretty costly adoption strategy yeah. but but pretty cool yeah I, I think it's i think it's great and so but you see people hodling these cans dude i mean we've been to that's events awesome. and they get so excited about scanning the can you see people t taking pictures hey, of I'd it. I, I would if i if i had the can you better believe i'm checking that code exactly. if there's one bitcoin exactly I mean, i'm checking it it's only gonna it's be not like monopoly million. where i feel like when i play at mcdonald's i'm getting screwed either way yeah i'm getting my fries and, and yeah i'm getting negative 
negative nutrition and I'm not going to win the million dollars. Here, at, we're getting yes. a healthy drink <laughs> and the opportunity to win one Bitcoin out of every 10,000. Yeah. Which is like, that's like a 60 cent expected value. Right. That's pretty amazing. Not bad at on all. A, on a purchase of a can of, yeah. of energy drink. Here's the critical thing. What's sure. the price? So, it's 35, ba- 35 bucks for 12 uh, ounces of 12 cans. Okay. And so there's 12 chances to win in every case. Awesome. Yeah. And so we'll find them on Amazon and then yep. it was bitcoinenergy.com, right? That's right. Thanks, Shield, for joining Thanks us. Thanks again, man. It was great to talk to you. I'm here with Snay from Monarch Token and we're going to talk about their currently ongoing ICO and what they do more importantly because ICOs, you know, they are what they are. Everybody's got to fundraise. That's the name of the game. You know, you got to get out there and build your product. But why should investors invest in, 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 in Monarch token? And what do you guys do that's different from the other layer one technologies out there? So right now, uh, we're completely self-funded. Um, we, have a, we have a decentralized wallet solution that's already live in the application before we even launched our application. Uh, before we even launched our ICO, rather. So, right now, we're the only wallet that's completely decentralized that hosts Bitcoin, Ethereum, every single ERC-20 token, sometimes about 2,000 different tokens. And these are wallets that are on the web or This is a mobile mobile wallet solution. So you have Android and iOS apps. Yes. And and it supports ERC-20s, Ripple, and Stellar. Uh-huh. Um, and, Bitcoin. and Bitcoin and true USD and true USD. Yeah. And, and how are you able to do that in a decentralized way as a wallet client application? So all the data, all the sensitive data, is actually stored on your device. Mm. It never touches the cloud. And so what? we don't even see. We don't. We can't even sniff, or we can't even do anything about it. We don't even know. Uh, you know how much is being so, transacted. How many? How much volume is actually going through here? So every wallet out there that's on Android or whatever, they are either a wallet designed by the protocol themselves to yeah. be able to transact with that, that currency. Are you just doing kind of like client in, in, uh, integrations between different blockchains into your into your app? Essentially, yeah. And what's the point then of so, having a blockchain? So, so on our blockchain side, what we're actually enabling and why we have a token ourselves is we're doing the world's first decentralized recurring payment solution. So, and then you're able to pay fees. And what we've also done is we're super compliant. So uh, we're doing a Reg D and Reg A concurrent offering. Who are you doing that with? Uh, what Which security token company? Oh, it's just a, it's just the ERC20. We're issuing the ERC20 token. Um, we've partnered with uh, people like Polymath and Swarm Fund okay. uh, that actually do help with the governance of that. And uh, yeah, so. One of the things why we're super compliant is we we've acquired a broker dealer license, and we've we're uh, have money transfer licenses in 48 states. Wow! So, I mean, there's if the SEC classifies this as a security tomorrow, we'll probably be the only ones that are safe. And tell me a little bit about how the blockchain works. So we have a pretty technical audience. Yeah. Um, it's a recurring payment solution, so I'm not. I, I guess there's the two components, right? You have to have the wallet so that people have currency, yeah. And the recurring payment is so that they can subscribe to different services like a Netflix and get paid and pay over time, so or pay every month. So that's the beauty of it, right? Um, when I say decentralized recurring payment solutions, it, it's really key that we we highlight the word decentralized recurring payments because you could do things like this on Coinbase, which is just a timestamp. Hey, I want to pay. 
X amount of dollars in Bitcoin uh, every single month to this merchant, right? That's something that's very easy, but again, you don't own your own funds. Uh, and if the government comes knocking, if the IRS comes knocking, your funds are completely uh, you know, at risk at that point. So what we do is we use this, uh, I think if you have a technical audience, multi-signature wallets, okay. or multi-signature yeah. solutions. And so we've patented this technology, a provisional patent on our technology called multi-signature wallet leasing. So what that enables us to do, for example, you own uh, you own half a signature, or you own a signature, I own a signature, together we could unlock the wallet. And so me being Monarch. Then you want to pay Netflix $10 every month. We use a digital debit card, so a digital debit card system, uh, because again, Netflix doesn't accept Bitcoin, doesn't right. accept any sort of crypto, but that that's, that's fine, we don't need them to. We'll integrate with them, right? Just using a digital debit card. So how that works is, with the multi-signature wallet leasing, is you say, hey, every month, I want to pay the three stipulations, uh, the recipient, the frequency, and the amount. And then we use API calls uh, from places like CryptoWatch and uh, CoinMarketCap to value uh, how much that crypto is actually worth or actually using exchange data because we partner with a lot of exchanges as well. So if you want to pay $10 every month to Netflix, uh, you essentially say, hey, for one transaction, I'm going to lease you my signature that's completely encrypted for a single transaction to this specific recipient. For this specific amount. For this specific amount. Right, and, and, if and that's, a, that's a smart contract that's so, pretty much enabled. So who has the duty to execute the request? So you're you're essentially you, saying, you, you, I'm authorizing Netflix to get paid, right? but it's not actually Netflix that's authorizing You're authorizing anything. the request. So you're, 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 giving me, you're giving me permission once to, a month, once a month, to do this to that specific recipient for that specific amount. If how I, do we control who that recipient is if you Netflix have to sign, you, you doesn't... Sign, all oh, right, you have a digital debit card. You sign up. Uh, you sign up with Monarch, and then once you input that uh, digital debit card, it pretty much it's a pretty much slide tool on off, right? Do you want to pay every month using Bitcoin? Yes. Every month using Ethereum. So the yes. digital debit card is connected no. to my funds. How? Uh, so your digital debit card is connected to your funds, uh, pretty much using your phone, and it's it's an international banking license or international license. So my funds, my my ten dollars of Bitcoin, yeah, which fluctuates every day. Yeah, <coughs> I want to sign up for Netflix. I have Bitcoin today. Yeah. How do I acquire this digital debit card? So, uh, right now, what's happening is uh, the registration process. Once you complete the registration process, you you have a unique digital debit card. Once you put that in your unique digital debit card into the Netflix system, uh, then. We debit that Bitcoin. We take that Bitcoin from your account, uh, and then we transfer that specific, only that amount of Bitcoin. We transfer it into fiat, and then we give it to the uh, merchant. That's I it. I got you. Um, that so, way, it's, a, so it's an endpoint solution. There's no there's no investment fund things. So that there's are a couple of critical areas right. where I think it's not fully decentralized. So number one is the Oracle problem. Is how right. do you even know what the exchange rates are? Yeah. Number two is the custody problem. So if you're if I have control over my funds, right. but you have control over paying Netflix, well, well, well then you have control over the funds that pay Netflix in that intermediate step, and I have to make sure that you're not going to screw me and not pay for absolutely, Netflix. Absolutely, absolutely. Fiat inherently is not decentralized. Right. But if you were to accept crypto, like for example, right. Overstock, hey, I want to sign up for the jerky club of the month, you know, where they send you three 
different types of jerky and they accept Bitcoin, then I could easily do that every single month. Awesome. Right? And so what we're really hoping for towards and uh, hoping for is to set up a merchant solution that integrates into pre-existing inventory solutions for online and uh, even uh, brick retail stores where they could easily integrate this solution where they could actually accept Bitcoin uh, and receive fiat for them. Because as soon as right. you, so right now what it's happening is it's a Bitcoin to Bitcoin transaction. They need to know you. We don't need to know you. So there's no KYC on our end. We're relying on them to know their own customers. And then once they transfer that Bitcoin, since it's a, a Bitcoin transfer, uh, you know, not too much KYC there, uh, except on their end. And then we KYC the merchant to transfer their Bitcoin immediately into fiat. Because remember, merchants don't want to deal with right. the constant they want, volatility. They want, cash. they want cash now, right? So it's it'll be very very easy for these merchants to have a whole new line of income stream cool. based on crypto users. So do you guys have any merchants right now? So we have uh, a couple merchants, uh, really really big merchants. So we have BitBay and uh, Listia. So cool. around 10 million users. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have an ICO going on right now. Correct. And what's the cap? Tell us about the, the, the rough description of the ICO where it stands so right now. So we, we've already hit our soft cap. Um, so w one of the really interesting things about us is we give a dividend system on our security token. So 50 cents of every dollar we make goes right back into the token holders' pockets, right? Off transaction fees. And we charge under any sort of credit card transaction fees. Right. We charge under that. Obviously, we're cool. trying to stay competitive here. And uh, on top of that, 10 cents of every dollar that we make goes into backing physical silver on wow. our security token. Very cool. So that's a hedge against volatility as well. Very and cool. uh, of course, precious metal markets and crypto, uh, they go way back. All right, check out Monarch Token. It's monarchtoken.io. Yep. Definitely check them out. Uh, I'm excited for more more adoption, more consumers, more merchants. Let's get it going. Absolutely. Drop by the Telegram and say hello. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm here with Bill Barheit, and we're going to talk today about Abra. Abra is a really exciting company in this space, and let's just let's just get right into it. What does Abra do? How are you different? Yeah, so Abra is a first-of-its-kind app for smartphones, iPhone and Android, that allows consumers to buy, hold, invest, store uh, 30 different cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, you know, Ether, et cetera, et cetera, as well as 50 different fiat currencies, dollars, euros, pesos, yen, and convert between all 80 different fiat and cryptocurrencies via really simple, easy to use smartphone application interface. And so here's how I'm seeing it differentiated from a traditional wallet. If I download a wallet, typically it's going to be one cryptocurrency, That's not right. 80. Right. I'm going to have full and total custody over it. So if I lose that private key, I lose everything. I assume you, we can clarify how that part works. Yeah. But um, the, the other key thing is that if I want to transfer it, if I want to change from one to the other, that's where I really get stuck, right? I have to go Abra to an exchange, really I have to yep. just deposit, yep. I have to wait, yep. six, six confirmations, da 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 find a buyer, right. and then hope that my exchange rate hasn't changed significantly right. in the meantime. Abra makes that super easy, it's all one click, there's an exchange button in the app, you choose any of the two assets and you can exchange between them in real time. You can even send from your Abra app 
to someone else's Abra app. So you can send dollars from your Abra app that I receive as Bitcoin, or I can send Bitcoin that you receive as dollars, or you can So send when we're using Abra, what is the key word that's going to be part of the lexicon in 15 years? Am I Abra-ing? Abra. <laughs> yeah, just, I would say just Abra it. Yeah, we just that, Abra it. We, okay. we do that all the time. And Abra, right. Just Abra, Abra be the money. or Abra, you know, We want Abra to become a verb for sure. I see. But, but it was originally, the idea was to develop a global crypto bank that you could use to store cryptocurrencies, invest in cryptocurrencies, send money, pay bills, and even use our technology over time to invest in other asset classes like stocks and right. bonds. And so technically, I, I see this as a very big value add for cryptocurrency users today who don't have the trusted custodial services of Fidelity or JP Morgan or whoever else quite yet. Right. And they will. And liquidity will get better and spreads will get shorter and all this stuff in five, But that's a very US-centric comment. Mm -hmm. We have customers in 100 countries. Mm -hmm. So we talk to people who say, hey, look, I'm shut out of crypto except for Abra, right? Or even if I have Bitcoin, I am shut out of the altcoin market. I can't. And get where do you operate? Where does Abra operate? We, we operate literally in like 175 countries. We basically operate in every country in the world except for sanctioned countries like North Korea, Iran, ah, interesting. you know, et cetera. And, and so why would I use Abra over... I guess if, if there is no solution out there, yeah. then, then, then Abra is the obvious choice. The vast majority of our customers have no alternative to what they're trying to do. Even if you're in the US, go back to what you said before, you want to easily convert Ripple to Monero. Right. How it's a big in the problem. world are you going to convert Ripple to Monero? Now, believe it or not, we have hundreds of thousands of users who are doing that stuff. They're converting their, a couple of weeks ago, Ripple was skyrocketing in price. We had users converting uh, Bitcoin to Ripple and back again. And so exchanges, when we do this, there are fees at every step of the way. Um, and the withdrawals themselves have fees. How does Abra control costs for consumers? Yeah, so there's no transaction fees on the actual exchange. It's like TravelX at the airport. We set an exchange rate, which is based upon whatever rate we're paying to hedge away our risk in the system, which comes from the exchanges themselves, minus a small spread, which is our risk plus the profit that we make on the transaction. And so you are making money as a, as a market maker and taking some, and with volume, you're making your business work. Correct, correct. So as our business grows, you know, the, the pennies that we make on a transaction will, will grow and grow and grow over time, and that's the promise of being like a crypto bank. Right, so uh, the net net for the customer would be what? To transact, to deposit, is it yeah, akin to a 3% transaction oh, no, fee after much, all much, of that? It's much, much lower than that. So there's no cost to get money in and out of the banking system except whatever the bank charges. If you have a bank wire fee or an ACH fee, that's, that's up to the bank. We don't make money on that. We only make money on the spread between those two currencies minus whatever our cost was to do that transaction. So we might be making a few basis points in profit, uh, and so that profit might be higher if you're going euros to pesos where there's very low risk, or euros to dollars where there's very low risk, but our profit might be much lower on like Ripple to Monero, where it's a very high risk transaction for you. So I want to talk about two other things. One is onboarding, the other is custody and who yeah. has ownership. Yeah. So yeah. on the onboarding front, this is a major, major problem of every distributed application out there. Download MetaMask, convert fiat to crypto, crazy. get a stable coin, because I don't want to be exposed to volatility. Right. 35 steps and one week later, you might have some crypto if you're lucky in your account that you control with a 64 digit code, right? right? It's crazy. Yeah. How is Abra onboarding users in a simpler way? So, so this is where I think Abra has really killed it as a company. Our users are generally onboarded in seconds and in minutes. So if you're just going to use Abra out of the gate by depositing some Bitcoin or Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash or Soon Ether, you don't even have to tell us who you are. 
I will never need to know who you are. Even if you want to convert that to dollars, I still don't need to know who you are. The only time I need to know who you are is when you want to access your bank account. And even then, I'm not storing that information. I'm passing it on to the bank to basically log you into your bank account like in a Venmo model, which you can do in real time in Abra, and then immediately initiate that ACH to buy crypto, right? So if if you literally have no Bitcoin, want to get Bitcoin for the first time, and you want to do it in seconds, you can just use an American Express card. So that's one of our investors. We work directly with them to make a seamless credit card purchase even available inside the app. Wow. If you want to wait a day, you can use an ACH, which you can set up in about, I did it the first time in 30 seconds. I just typed in my bank's login. Would this also work for protocol or application developers who are trying to integrate a familiar onboarding process for their users to get the token that's going to be useful in their system? Is there, is there a, an API or some ability for developers and businesses yeah. to become merchants on yeah. this platform? So we've been looking at ways to expose the ability, especially with Ether, which we're going to be launching soon, native Ether support. We have contract-based Ether investments in the app today. So soon you'll have a native Ether wallet in the Abra app. And we've been looking at ways to make Abra the wallet for other apps that want to do that purchase. We haven't quite figured out how to make the user experience work yet. Uh, we just won't launch crap at Abra. I mean, right. we have a, a, a pretty good reputation now of being the guys who go overboard to make this easy. We love that use case that you're talking about, you know, whether it's the Crypto Kitties or the other collectibles or ERC-20 investments or future token sale investments. There's all kinds of reasons why people are going to want to do what you're saying, and we're trying to figure out how to make that as easy as possible, and then we're going to do it. Love it, love it. Yeah. Now, the final point is I want to make sure that I have ownership of my funds. In right. the crypto community, this is very critical. Tell me how you ensure that I have retained ownership of my money. Correct. So Abra has no access to your private keys. If you're holding dollars, euros, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether, it makes no difference. It's all one big crypto wallet. You get a backup phrase that you have to verify the first time you try to deposit money into Abra. If you don't verify that, you can't use the app. I think it reminds you twice and then it locks you out. So 99.9% .9 of the people have done it because they can't use Abra if they don't do it. So we've never had a user get hacked to lose money at the Abra app because it's physically impossible. You can't hack Abra to steal your crypto because I don't have it, right? So if we have 100 million users, you'd have to hack 100 million funds. So that is the correct way to do crypto. It is not to leave your keys on an exchange, which is a really bad idea. I know people that have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars via having their SIM card ported, right, from Verizon to T-Mobile or something like that, and then having their password reset on an exchange, and then they lost all their crypto with no recourse. But with Abra, that can't happen because you're holding the key. So even if your phone gets stolen, you simply get a new phone, download Abra and put the backup recovery phrase into the new app and your entire wallet will be recreated. Or if you just get a new phone at Christmas time or for the holidays, right? You simply type in the backup phrase into the new install of Abra and your entire wallet is recreated. So for customers who don't want to use a passcode at all because they're afraid of man in the middle attacks or somebody hacking their last pass or keeping a text there file open. There is no passcode at Abra. So, but this, this passphrase of being able to access... That's a backup phrase that recreates your private key on the new device. Okay, very interesting. Well, this yeah. is a fascinating project. It sounds like you guys have the right attitude of building for the consumer, 
with the use case in mind and getting it out there in a fully fleshed out vision yeah. and not an incomplete product. So I, I commend you for that. Thank I look forward much. to seeing more about what Abra is going to do yeah. next and where can we find you? So just go to abra.com. You can link from there to download the app or you can go right to the app store and search for Abra on the iPhone or Google Play Store. Excellent. Thanks, Bill, for joining us and uh, we, we hope to see more of you soon. Thanks. That was our show for today. I hope you enjoyed uh, the, a few of the interviews that we had. There's over 15, so we're going to share more from the Crypto Invest Summit in upcoming episodes. Uh, we'd like to thank the Bitcoin Podcast Network for publishing. Uh, and you, the audience, tell us what you think. Come to the Slack room for the Bitcoin Podcast Network. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week.